0: Welcome to Eclipsed, a Heroes podcast where two old school fangirls rewatch the show and defend its honor. My name is Keisha.
1: And I'm Rachel.
0: And this week, we are finally starting season two. Uh, We are going to be talking about the events in the first episode of season two, four months later. So, yeah, so now we are on season two, the dreaded season two. It's not that bad. (laughs) No, it's not. It's not at all. I'm just, you know, parroting the whole fucking internet, apparently. Um, I can't believe that we still have to see this. I can't. Aren't we better as a people, Rachel, (laughs) than to keep hashing that shit over and over again? If you really want to, you know, start being contentious... We got a whole other season after this. Don't worry. (laughs) That's when things start getting a little interesting. Uh, But season two?
1: Nah. This episode had 16 million viewers for the rating.
0: It was very well anticipated. Mm -hmm. It's so funny when you talk about, like, ratings with heroes, because they unfortunately aired at the time when people started leaving network television. Yes, Then people started leaving live viewing. Mm Mm-hmm. So they got fucked in that way, pretty hard when Heroes was cancelled, their final average viewers had the kind of numbers that a show today would practically dream of. oh yeah, for live views like it it, it just it was always something that stuck in my craw that they were such a victim of circumstances in a lot of ways um, with the changing tides of network television with the increase of, um, you know, DVR and uh, the slow birth of streaming. Yeah, they they got
1: screwed. It was a perfect storm, I
0: would say, timing-wise. It was, and then, you know, the writer's strike and all that, which we're going to get into uh, during this block of episodes, because that's what's going to happen after this season. But, for now, let's just take a minute and... We're going to pop on over to our intro for the episode. What better way to start an episode of Heroes than with a new Mohinder log? It's really long. I didn't write it down. Me. Either. Um, so <laughs> God, we're so professional. Um, I did write the first sentence or so. He's like, the sun rises on a new dawn. And it's an interesting approach where they mix in clips from last season. So a lot of stuff from Kirby Plaza to kind of remind you where some characters left off, but also some stuff from like the pilots, some stuff from other episodes, as well as things that, Oh gasp. We haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think it's really funny that um, two of those clips are Siler. It's like assuring the Siler fans. Like, I know he's not in this episode, but like, chill out. Cause <laughs> he's totally going to come back. Like, you know, don't don't be angry because um, like, it's like you don't need to show him twice. But anyway, um, it's kind of like a little preview of things to come. And so he's doing this whole big lecture. And this time he's on the side of, OK, so teleportation, tissue regeneration. These are no longer theories. I've seen them with my own eyes. So he's gone from skeptic to believer because, well, we've seen all the things he's been through in season one. And so he's continuing his lecture and during the lecture, he talks about the virus. And I am just like, wow, the timing in the world (laughs) of us getting to do season two of this show in which a big storyline of it is a uh, devastating virus. Um, So... Sorry, Uh, that's just how that happened. Um, So he talks about the Shanti virus a little bit, which we've seen or, you know, they've talked about a little bit in season one. We're really going to be getting into it in season two. And this stranger rolls up in his lecture and uh, let's say his lecture is not incredibly well attended uh, because basically Mohinder is like, he's a quack, like no one, no one believes him. He's just like some crazy talking about people who can fly and stuff. And so it's okay, sweet. And so, um, (laughs) and so it it, honestly, like, I love um, rewatching it. I love seeing how, um, kind of over the top everybody was with fanning themselves with flyers. It was like, oh, they're just here to get out of the heat. Like, that's very apparent. Mm -hmm. They're not here (laughs) for anything that Mohinder is selling, so to speak. And he seems more confident now. Like, this is definitely a new Mohinder. But he's, you know, obviously also frustrated that people don't believe him. And the stranger rolls up and he's like, ah, inspirational lecture, Dr. Suresh. And he straight up goes into, you know, mentioning his work and Chandra and Shanti. This guy's not playing around. Uh, He immediately gets into it. And Mohinder, I love so much that this is like, this is. The Mohinder we're at now is, without a second thought, he throws this stranger up against the wall (laughs) because he's the new aggro-suresh. He's not going to take this shit anymore. Uh, Hopefully, this guy can't throw people around like Siler can because he'll be screwed if so, but he's going to try to fight back. And he's just like, a year ago, I would have run, but not anymore because he knows this guy's from the company. And he wants to offer Mohinder a job. So he's like, calm down, bud. Like, I I just want to talk kind of thing. And Mohinder is just like, hey, I've been down this road before. It doesn't end well. Like, working with you people, working against you people, it's all terrible. I want nothing to do with you. And this guy immediately is just like, yeah, no. Where are you going to go, Suresh? No one believes they even exist. I found a copy of your father's book in the parapsychology section, which I work in a bookstore. There's there's no more, like, ridiculous <laughs> section than that. So <laughs> that that is that is indeed a, a low blow. Um and he's got much more of a soft approach than what we've seen with the company before. He's trying to be, like, a charming, you know, just like, hey, 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 it's cool. Like, this is the new, like, friendly face of the company. And uh, this is Bob Bishop that we're meeting. Mm-hmm. And he is a character who is going to be really super important as uh, the season goes on. And so, yeah, this is what we're seeing. W- what do you think of this This new confident <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna take it anymore, Mohinder.
1: Mm. Well, of course that like was it cracked me up the whole time.
0: God, right? Me too.
1: And uh also, uh, Bob is played by Steven Tobolowski. Hey. Who, who is a delight.
0: Who is also a Glee alum. Yes. <laughs> There's A lot of them.
1: He is indeed.
0: But a lot of people know him from for Groundhog's Day.
1: Yes. But he he's he's been in so much stuff, big character mm-hmm. actor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: you throw a stone, you'll probably find him in a show somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Plus, like, I love the fact that Mohinder's throwing him around. Like, he's not a small dude. No, he's not. No, no,
1: no. It, you know, he's had a deal with Siler now. Mohinder feels like he can take mm-hmm. on anyone. So <laughs>
0: How wrong he is! <laughs> oh. Oh.
1: But, like, yeah, I wrote, like, Mohinder acts in the typical Mohinder fashion about the whole job offer. <laughs>
0: Yep. <laughs> Bitch face Suresh. I love it so much. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving on from Ohinder, we get our first glance of two new characters this season. Who are Maya and Alejandro. And we get to see them running from some kind of police vehicle, jumping over fences. And they eventually escape what they're being chased from. And we, we hear that they've been running for 800 miles. They're running from something. And they're headed to America to find answers. And Maya is particularly freaked out about something. And Alejandro, who's her brother, is like, don't worry, we're going to find the answers. We're going to make it to America. And as we see them go out to run again, because they're pretty sure the car is gone, we see them go past a wanted poster where we have a delightful likeness of both of them. And they are both wanted for murder. What a wonderful I intro. I think that's
0: more, more Tim Sale artwork, isn't it? It might be. It might be. I think it is. Mm-hmm.
1: Clearly, this is an important character for season two. She's like they're the second people that we see in the first episode. We'll talk about them more later. Because let's go back to the very end of season one and uh, the sort of sneak preview of volume two that we got, which was hero falling from the sky into grass into 1671 Japan. So we get to see that whole thing again with the with the um, lone samurai facing off against the, the group of like bandits. And this time we get to see the arrows fly and they almost hit Hero, but he's able to stop time and he moves out of the way and he turns around he notices that the other samurai is about to get hit. So he's like, all right, I'm going to get you out of here. You're Kensei. And he pops them both out of the way of the arrows. Boom, heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Hero kind of like fully realizes like, oh, wait, this is Takeizo Kensei. We're going to, I'm going to save you. See if that has any consequences, sweetie.
0: <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is what we were talking about, or I think we've kind of hinted in the past about how Hero's gonna learn that you shouldn't be your own heroes. <laughs> yes. It's pretty disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we come back, because it's okay, so the thing is, is like this is another one of those classic episodes where it just goes like all over in terms of character arc but we're just going to steamroll right through in order. Mm -hmm. We see Claire and Noah in Costa Verde, California. They're not in Texas anymore. And she's registering for her classes and she's bummed out at all the electives she wanted already filled up. She's apparently been out of school for four months. Then she's entering the 11th grade. And so she's not Claire Bennett. She's Claire Butler. And it's apparent that the family is living... Can you even call that witness protection just changing your last name? I don't think you can. No, it's
1: cause they're on the run, basically. It's not really witness yeah, protection. Yeah, they're
0: on the run. And I, I had, like, such a little crisis with myself throughout this entire storyline when I was rewatching it about how clever it is or isn't to be doing it the way that they are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'm like, okay, it's he's going for, like, a a hiding in plain sight kind of thing then, I guess, yes. you know, like, like, oh, of course he wouldn't use the same, like first names for everybody still and just have a different surname and, you know, all that. But I, I don't know. I was just, just kind of like, oh, Claire Butler, huh? Gee, I wonder if the company will find her. <laughs> like, it's just, it, On paper, it doesn't seem like the most clever thing, but we got to trust in Noah, I suppose. So, uh, they're talking about how she has to blend in She has to just, you know, just be cool for once in her life (laughs) and just not, you know, do anything that would raise an eyebrow. He tells her, Claire, you have to be completely and entirely unextraordinary because trust me, the company's still out there and they will find us if, you know, we don't stick to the plan. And he's like, don't raise your hand in class. Don't even think about trying out for cheerleading. And she's like, dad, that's not even me anymore. I have no interest in doing that. And let me tell you a thing, co-host friend of mine, I forgot entirely that the first appearance of the Nissan Rogue Same. is with the Butler Same. family. Mm-hmm. I had completely forgotten that was the first time mm-hmm. we see that car. I had completely forgotten about the incredible product placement that stops the end of the scene co- like dead in its track. The Rogue? <laughs> like, the Rogue? <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> They make this big thing of uh, Noah giving the car over to Clara when she does the teenager thing. Like, oh, it'd be a lot easier to do, you know, this and that if I had my own car. And he's like, well, we were going to wait till your birthday and we were going to surprise you, but here you go. And she and she's super excited and she says the name of the car, which is the most, like, awkward thing ever. Uh, love the product placement. It's like all the old Dirty Rock jokes about product placement. It's not smooth and it's not subtle. So she gets a car. Yay, Claire can drive. And, uh... <laughs> She's going to head back in the class, and she nearly gets hit by a car herself, <clears throat> driven by another new character that we're meeting right now. Uh, his name is West. He's going to introduce himself later. I'm going to introduce him now. It's easier for me to talk about him that way. So she, you know, nearly gets hit by a car first day. <laughs> not a great start. Uh, yeah. What, what do we think of uh, California Claire? <laughs> I loved
1: the look that West gave her. Like, really? You're just going to not look and just run right through the street? <laughs>
0: honestly honestly
1: like oh well, i guess just keep walking them
0: yeah all right bud <laughs> like, yeah. oh my god the rogue thing fucking killed me <laughs> the rogue <laughs> i can't believe i forgot that holy shit. same i was so sure it was in another story first mm-hmm. but here we are so. It, it clearly shows up in several uh, places,
1: unlike the Versa, which was pretty yes. much, like, Hero's car.
0: It was pretty much the Hero and
1: Automobile. Yeah, no, the like. Rogue shows up a couple more times.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, we go, we jump right over from Claire, and we go into Matt Parkman, Alive and Well. <laughs> And so, like, okay, that's the thing about this episode is, like, all right. It's an interesting approach to be, like, four months later. Because then you know that they're going to have to, at some point, have a flashback or, you know, fill in all the dots with what happened to these characters. So, I don't know. What what do you think? I was going to ask you. What do you think about the narrative choice to not just go cliffhanger answer, but to go cliffhanger more cliffhanger because you're shoving them into the future and you're going to have to go back at some point. What do you think about
1: that now? I don't mind it, but that's also because I know they are going to do a flashback.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. But like, and because of the pretend, pretend you don't know that.
1: (laughs) Well, it makes more sense because of the payoff at the very end of this episode, which we won't get into Mm -hmm. yet. Why they Mm -hmm. wanted to do it this way. And I feel like they didn't, I don't think it would have been as compelling to like, just keep going through the storyline like oh this is immediately what happens after the cliffhanger there's no like secrets or surprise you're mm-hmm. still tuning in and it's not like well there is like a flashback episode later on it's not like it. it isn't a thing where it's like lost where it's like all right at some point you get tired of there being a flashback in every damn episode mm-hmm. or more specifically i'll say arrow because that was the one where it was really like do we really need flashbacks <laughs> in every freaking episode <laughs>
0: You love the island. You love it so much. It's not It was when they left the island, bro. It a when they left the island.
1: bit the the island stuff was a little okay, cool, 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 cool. bit of a little like when they left, yep. Like, a little even almost both shows when they when That's when everything was like, bit eh, I guess, all right, fine, whatever. It's <laughs> fine, I guess. But no, I, I I not not have a problem with there being questions in the air. Uh, I think more people had a problem with why is everyone separated again?
0: Um, yes. So, that's a thing. That's a problem. Because um, that's the thing. It's like I really want to attack season two in particular with being very like, this is what I like about it. This is what I agree with people is a problem. And then being separated again is a huge mm-hmm. fucking problem.
1: <laughs> Some characters aren't, uh, though. Some characters get pulled in no. more, like, you know, they're more connected.
0: Definitely. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to me. I feel like I'm of two minds about it. Again, I'm really torn. It's like, I see why they did it. Because like you said, it builds uh, suspense. Mm -hmm. Because then you're like, oh, how did they get to be this way? And what are all these mysteries we have to solve now? Which is cool. But I also feel like you mentioning Lost is really relevant. Because I feel like at this point, because Lost was on longer, right? They'd been on longer, like they were on before Heroes. Yeah,
1: they were like 2003, 2004, something like that they started. Sure.
0: I feel like at this point, people were getting fed up with Lost's, like, need to have mysteries. And it was kind of bleeding over into other shows, even though I don't think Heroes and Lost need to keep being mentioned on the same mm-hmm. page, even though I keep doing it myself. Um, but that's how it was viewed pop culturally. They're
1: both uh, popular, groundbreaking drama uh, not drama, genre shows.
0: Yes. I, I feel like th- this show might start to suffer a little bit for the sins of another.
1: mm
0: mm-hmm. Uh... Because the thing about these heavily serialized TV shows that started coming around after Lost was a real obsession with asking a lot of questions, building a lot of mysteries, and not really wanting to give answers. So I think people were already starting to be like, hey, I just kind of want to know how Matt Parkman survived. Or I just kind of want to know this, like, quicker than narratively would be interesting. Like, I understand you and I were like, ooh, the mystery, ooh, this is intriguing. But... You would hear from a lot of average viewers who were like, oh, they're not going to give me any answers and I got to work for it and wait for it.
1: Which, mild spoiler alert, I don't think as far as Matt Parkman is concerned, I don't even think he's in the, flash- <laughs> the flashback episode.
0: He's sure not. We just have to, like, figure out that he survived, I guess. Um, like, bullets, who cares? It's heroes. Mm. But, um... Yeah, no, and that's funny too, isn't it? Like, it's not that important to them, What would we have gotten
1: in watching him recover from these gunshot wounds?
0: Nothing, nothing. We'd get more of the Janice
1: drama in there. (laughs) Yep. Maybe a little sprinkle of how he is where he is now, but like, uh, nothing. So I'm
0: curious, no, yeah, I'm curious because I think, like, this four months later thing works well with some storylines more than it does with others. Like, the Parkman thing is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody going to get anything extra out of watching him, like, recover and dealing with Janice and dealing with leaving home and all that stuff that we didn't, you know, we started to get tired of dealing with in season one in terms of his domestic drama. Mm -hmm. But there's definitely some things that are going to happen later in the episode where I think they're just building a mystery on a mystery. And some people probably started getting a little antsy. Could be. But... I don't personally agree with it because I'm like you. I like mystery. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the average Joe viewer mm-hmm. because that's what a lot of what heroes had is they had a lot of people like my sister, for example, she doesn't watch on her television and she watched the show. She was like into it. And she, you know, started getting frustrated when a lot of people did. And it kind of goes back to the thing I've said before. Whereas I think the worst thing that ever happened to heroes was, is it was, uh, mainstream successful (laughs) probably worst thing that ever happened to it uh was getting all that extra attention when a genre show has a very specific niche that it fills in its storytelling but you know i digress (laughs) uh yeah parkman's not dead
1: hey (laughs) surprise not really
0: he he survived he survived four bullets uh it looks like he's in the mipd now and he's responding to a hostage call But, um, if you've watched any kind of, uh, television or movie with cops in it ever, you know, this is a training exercise. Like I I knew right away and it's just like, yep, this is a training exercise. He's doing the thing. And that's sure enough what it is. And they're trying to trick him with who the hostage is. That's like the big test. Mm -hmm. And obviously he can read mine so he can cheat because he's a cheater. (laughs) (laughs) um, Am I going to start off this new season (laughs) talking shit about Matt? Maybe. No. Um. No, he uh, he uses his power to his advantage as one would, and he figures out who the correct you know person was, and he passes the test, and he talks to this new character whose name we don't get yet. Um, I I could look it up. Maybe I should. Uh, should I look it up?
1: Well, nah, nah, nah. We'll, we'll bring it up. when So we get I was it. like,
0: it's lieutenant something, but um, yeah. So. He's like, you know, guys who get shot like you did, they usually take the workman's comp. They call it a day. Like, they have no interest to be back out in it. And Matt's like, nah, four bullets to the chest aren't going to stop me. And so he gets his badge, and it's official. He's officially in the NYPD. Mm-hmm. So Matt's in New York now. He, 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 he like, flip flopped like how Claire went from Texas to, to California now. He's like, boop, he's California to um, New
1: York. Yeah, he's, he's in the thick of things. He
0: is. He is. He's staying in the thick of it, so I am interested to see what that's going to mean for his storylines. We'll
1: find out the reason why he's staying in New York in a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mean to go on, like, a whole thing there, but I was like, no, I think Matt's the perfect person to start talking about this with, like... Like,
1: yeah, like, we don't find out the answers. Yes and no.
0: Well, like, yeah, but it's interesting, because it's like... I th- that's why I think it's so fun to do this uh, rewatch with you in particular. Is we watch things in such a similar mm-hmm, manner mm-hmm. that we're kind of like an echo chamber. Um, so we're very like, yeah, no, this is you know, I I love the mysteries and I do and I still do. I think that they're great and they have value. But I can see why the average person tuning in is like, oh, I didn't, I didn't sign on for this, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I I, I do I do uh, I do hand the floor over to you to talk about. This.
1: <laughs> I'm like holding back going off onto a big tangent about like, you know, mystery boxes, but I'll keep I'll keep it keep it on focus.
0: But we but like look at us. We're two people who watched Lost like beginning yeah. to end and we realized, we didn't have a problem with hardly any of it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. and all it did was build mysteries it had no intention of solving. Mystery box, like you mm-hmm. said. So
1: That's like I could go on a whole rant about JJ J. Abrams and his mystery box concept thing and how it works well, in some yeah, places he's, and it doesn't. It's just like that. Mhm. So
0: But it's not about mm-hmm. him. Yeah. yeah. So
1: this is Heroes, this I got is Tim you. Kring, this is not J.J. J. Abrams.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, exactly.
1: So we go back to Claire, who is uh, in a science class and lit- lights up a Bunsen burner and is literally, like, holding her fingers over the flame. And <laughs> who should walk in but West, who is like, do you have a death wish? And she's like, oh, you mean the fire? He's like, yeah, that and the card that I almost hit you with. <laughs> and he introduces himself and he sits down next to her. And he's like, all right, mm-hmm. new girl, are you a robot? Or an alien.
0: I forgot about this whole fucking thing! hmm mm-hmm.
1: And there is in the comic, like, kind of a little bit more of an explanation about why mm-hmm. aliens are aliens. That he doesn't mm-hmm. go into here. Which I might add on here in a second. So, mm-hmm. uh, robots do what they're told. And stick with the herd. And aliens are not that, obviously. And the other thing in the comic, too, is, like, specifically with Wes, which we'll get into why, is that aliens can move their head up. They can look up. Robots can't robots have to look Mm -hmm. forward Mm -hmm. and that is looking up is very important when it comes to West so I'll skip that for now and Claire's (laughs) like I don't know what I am and she asks him but he doesn't give her an answer and then the teacher asks them a question alright I don't remember what the quote was and he's like alright who said this and Claire writes down in her book Charles Darwin but she doesn't raise her hand because her father was like you can't stand out you can't raise your hand no cheerleading. Be as normal as possible. <laughs> and, you know, in the typical, like, fashion, no one in the classroom raises their hand.
0: Oh my god, yeah, especially in the 11th grade. Forget it.
1: <laughs> you know, you always gotta act, like, a little dumber than you are, but, like, you know. No one answers. He's like, it's Charles Darwin, people come on. And you see West notices that she, in fact, wrote down the right answer on her paper, but didn't answer the question. So, yeah, we get, we get our official intro to West, other than him almost... Claire with a car.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, <laughs> I wrote in my notes because uh, uh, we also see yet another Glee alum. We see Diana Agron in that scene. Yes,
1: I think we saw her in the uh, the first scene too. I think, but like I think mm-hmm. so.
0: But in my notes, it's like no, it's not a Glee episode you've tuned into. That's Diana Agron. She's on Heroes, and she's still playing a cheerleader. Yeah. Well, Glee
1: doesn't <laughs> exist yet. She she went like from cheerleader to cheerleader on Glee.
0: I know, which is really funny if you
1: think Mm -hmm, about it. mm
0: -hmm. And then I wrote... She uh, looks so young here, she's a baby.
1: Oh my gosh. Doesn't she?
0: She's such a fucking child. Like, she looks younger than I'm even. And Glee comes right after this. Yes. It's wild. (laughs) And then uh, when Claire lights her Bunsen burner and starts fucking with it, I was like, this could mean that either A, she's incapable of getting hurt... Or B, she's just a really big fan of 10 Things I Hate About You, because Heath Ledger does the same thing in his movie, and nobody says that he's, like, a fucking, you know, alien, so. (laughs) (laughs) Remember in 10 Things I Hate About You, he's fucking with the bunker. Yeah, I know. Or no, it's a lighter. It's a lighter, but yeah. Yeah. Same thing, man.
1: Well, it it, it also Um, wasn't asked by a person who almost hit her with a car when she wasn't looking.
0: (laughs) Yes, and then let's get into that, shall we? Uh, How much does Wes scream company boy at this point? huh because i really um thought wow he really seems like one now
1: wow i didn't didn't even occur to me that that might might if you don't know
0: anything else about him you're just like this guy is all up in her business i
1: I think i let it slide because he almost struck her with a car and it's kind of like yo
0: (laughs) yeah but what better way to get her attention i guess i
1: guess yeah (laughs) i can see what you're saying i can see what you're saying
0: You know the company methods. You see how far they go in the future. Yeah, at
1: the time, though, that was not on our head at all.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, they really pound home the Darwin thing, because Siler's not around to say, like, to quote him all the time. So I guess someone has Mm -hmm. to.
1: (laughs) No, he is not. But,
0: uh, nope. Nope. Won't see that guy for a little bit. No, not yet. God, talk about characters who don't get fucking... Answers with what happened between cliffhangers. Oh, don't talk to get me. We ca-
1: uh, we'll argue about that when that happens. <laughs>
0: like a half answer. Oh.
1: We'll argue about that when that happens.
0: Okay. Well, it's not like, I don't know. That I would have loved to have seen. How about that? Mm-hmm. But that's me. Um,
1: so, yeah. Moving, Moving on. on. We're back down um, across the border with Maya and Alejandro. And they're meeting up with some coyotes. To get them closer to the mm-hmm. border. And, uh, so, you know, he says, like, alright, I want this much money. And she has to ride up front with us. It's, like, real creepazoid. And <laughs> Alejandro's like, no, she has to stay with me. No. And he kind of lets them get in the back with the rest of people. And there's a whole bunch of other people in the back as well. And really, that's all we see of them so far. <laughs> yep. Getting mm-hmm. yeah, that a whole lot with my oh. Alejandro yet. We get the reveal no. later in the episode. We'll talk more about it then.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they just get little,
1: little bits, little snippets. Um,
0: so there's just a tiny little scene where we see Matt again, and he's picking Molly up from school. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like taking care of her now. It's like official. So Molly is with Matt. Uh, apparently, Molly's been having nightmares. And a teacher comes over and she's super concerned about how it's affecting her, you know, ability to concentrate in school and her ability to keep up. And she's also been doing a lot of really disturbing drawings in regards to said nightmares. Um, so we see several drawings um, at our new, let's say, attempt at a big bad. And there's loads of helixes in the compositions, too. Like, there's so many on her little drawings. But yeah, there's there's someone who Molly's having nightmares about, and that's pretty much all we get there. Other than Matt being super defensive with the teacher mm-hmm. about her concerns, so Molly lives with Matt now, I guess. Surprise! Hey, <laughs>
1: <laughs> instant family. What pow
0: Instant family, and they'll get another addition. You just wait. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, this whole fucking situation <laughs> that I would have loved to have seen. I wouldn't give a shit about. Him, like, okay, never mind, never mind. I take it back. I do want to see Matt <laughs> because I want to see how that came
1: to pass. That, that is true. That would have been interesting to kind back. of feel like, how did this decision come to pass? But
0: How the hell did this happen? You yeah.
1: Know. So, nope.
0: Maybe not like the full four months like past, but like somewhere in the middle to show, like, how the hell did that but happen? I,
1: I wonder if I that's a, just like, that's what we want to see and then not what everyone else wants to see. You know what I mean?
0: See, but that's, that's what I'm saying, man. It's like, we want different things from the show yeah. too. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So we go back to Hero, and he's like, Yata! you know, cause he did it. He saved his hero, and uh, Kensei falls off the horse and he immediately draws his sword on him and Hero tries to explain what happened. And he's like, dude, like I saved you. I, you know, it, you were going to die. And the guy is just like, ah, oh, tell Kensei this ain't worth it, bud. I don't care how much he pays me. And he runs away. <laughs> <laughs> and Hero's like, wait, what? <laughs> so that guy, that's not the real Kensei. That is a guy who was hired by Takisa Kensei. So immediately Hiro was like, this isn't right. And the real deal seems to just be chilling out in earshot. And he has a crossbow pulled on Hero, and he's pissed that he missed out on his payday. And he's like, what What are you? You wear strange clothes. You're like some sort of monk. And he's, you know, speaking Japanese, obviously. And he's like, but you wear glasses like a doctor. He's real confused. And Hiro's like, oh, my God, Kenze, I love you. Big fan. <laughs> and he's like, I stole your sword once. Which I love it because he's got the, like, nervous, geeky energy of somebody meeting, like, their favorite celebrity at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. He's just, like, word vomiting. It's wonderful. And um, <laughs> so Kenze takes his mask off. And lo and behold, it is not a Japanese man. It's David fucking Anders.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Dun dun. Which
0: uh, I'm clapping because uh, I love Mm -hmm. him. Uh, As I revealed in the first episode, I started watching the show primarily because I was curious because Greg Grunberg was on it and he was on Alias. David Anders was also on Alias and he pretty much owns the show. He is so good on that show. And so now, welcome to the cast, David Anders, everybody. Playing Takeso Kensei? What? Oh. But there's a, there's a whole thing with this, obviously. So he's like, yeah, my name here is Kensei. And no one's ever called me a hero before when was like, but dude, you're a hero. Like, you're awesome. You're great. And I love the bit where when he takes, because Hero takes his glasses off after he's like, you wear glasses like a doctor. I'm very confused. Mm-hmm. So Hero takes them off. And then, um, and then Kensei takes the mask off, like, you know like check me out bud and Hero puts his glasses right back on like this white guy what the hell like
1: uh what excuse uh huh what
0: Uh, excuse it's so good it's such a great little physical comedy thing he's like adore you know like it's so great um but yeah so David Anders welcome to the cast we're stoked to have you we're beyond stoked we're very excited oh
1: my god we've been talking about him in season one before he even freaking you know
0: I know, I know, because excitement. (laughs) Oh, he's so good on here. Anyway. Yeah, so, just a little little hint of what's to come in Japan. Hero is really in an interesting situation. Uh, Thoughts on the grand Kensei reveal? (laughs) (laughs) At least the first part of it? It
1: wasn't a surprise because of casting and stuff beforehand.
0: Exactly, we got fucking spoiled, so...
1: In a bit, like I said, it was in the big EW spread, mm-hmm, so this wasn't mm-hmm. like a big shock for the audience. People knew it was coming. I remember people were yep. like, "But that guy, like that we saw in the flashback, was clearly like Japanese. So how are they going to pull mm-hmm. that off?" And we got the immediate answer: like he was hired. That's not the real Kensei. <laughs> yep,
0: yep.
1: Uh, and and we'll as we go forward, find out his whole deal with that. But yeah, in the episode, we'll get a little bit more. Yeah.
0: He has a very interesting
1: backstory. Mm -hmm. I feel like this casting would not fly today.
0: (laughs) Not even a little fucking bit. It didn't fly so well then, either. Like, it wasn't just people being like, oh, that guy's not, you know, a white guy who we saw in the, you know, end of the season. It was like, really? And people still talk about it sometimes, Mm -hmm, too. mm -hmm. like Which... I thought the show was very forthright with what's happening. Yeah, well, they, like,
1: like in the next scene with him, he, get he explains, like, what's up.
0: Yeah. 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 so so. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, we'll move forward.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's talk about Hiro's dad, because guess what? We get to see Kaito and Ando again, <laughs> I... and Kaito is sitting in Kirby Plaza, and Ando comes up to him, hands him a paper, and he's like, you know, man, it's been four months, and there's been no sign of Hiro, and a little worried about what's happening with him. Kaito's like, no, we're going to wait here until he's back. (laughs) And because Kaito's going to wait, Ando's going to wait. And so he opens up a paper to read it, and oh, something falls out of it. And what should fall out of it? But it is a photo of Kaito that looks like it's been ripped from a larger photo with a helix uh, in red, potentially blood, drawn over his face. And he's like, oh boy, what's going on? And Kaito stands up and looks around, and he's like, where'd you get this paper? And it was like, it was on your desk, in your office. And he's like, well, in 24 hours, I'll be dead. That's what this means. And Kitech was like, what? <laughs> and we get to see them kind of like looking around Kirby Plaza. Uh, like, who, who put this photo in this paper? Why is this a death mark? What the hell's going on here? Dun-dun. Mystery. Mystery. The mystery begins to unfold, if you will. <laughs> her, mm-hmm. her. So yeah, I think we left. La- we left Ando. He was in Japan, so clearly he came back. <laughs> Once it's like, oh, uh, here I'll stop yeah. him. Back home, he sure worked his way up in the company yeah, too.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. Go Ando. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we'll move forward mm. to Peter's apartment, and Angela is in Peter's apartment. and She's looking at a photo of Peter and Nathan. When who should stroll on in with a beard of sadness? Ah. But Nathan Petrelli. And he's all like, you shouldn't be packing his stuff. He's going to want it when he gets back. And Angel's like, no, we have to accept it. Peter's dead. And they have a little argument about Nathan's like, he's not dead. And she's like, he's dead. (laughs) And she's like, you're drunk. Thank God your father's not here to see this. Hello, Arthur. Burn. (laughs)
0: Yeah, hey. We get hey, a couple bud. Arthur you mentions. get mentioned, like, twice. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and, uh, she lays into him. She's like, you killed your brother. You drove hiding your kids away. All because you couldn't follow the plan, Nathan. And Nathan just looks at her, and he's like, you're evil, Ma, and you need to get out. So Nathan's been living in Peter's apartment. And so Angela leaves the apartment in a huff, but when she leaves, she happens to notice something right outside the apartment. And it's a photo of her, ripped from a larger photo, with a helix on it, in red. And from what Kaito said, we know what that means. Yep. So... Oh, things aren't looking good for Angela either right now, are they?
0: No, they are not.
1: So, let's talk about the beard of sadness, Keisha.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's glorious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, uh... It's pretty sad. <laughs> it's, it's such a, like, he's given up on life look. It just immediately establishes who where Nathan is at. Just right mm-hmm. there. In the wardrobe and the makeup and the hair. It's just like, yep, there he is. He's
1: in a bad way. Mm-hmm. And, like, how is he alive? That's, like, a big question. Like, oh, man. Yeah. He's alive. Because that's that's the thing, is he's uh,
0: arguing with Angela about it, and he's clearly like, well, I'm alive so the guy who can heal has mm-hmm. to be alive. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of mystery there, too. Like, oh, how did Nathan survive? We saw how hot yeah. that was. There was a literal explosion it should in the be sky. in tiny
1: bits right now. What the hell happened? hmm And you didn't
0: mention my absolute favorite moment from from uh, the Kaito and uh, Anderson. Oh, well-
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's that? What's that?
0: Um, the fact, which I had t- entirely forgotten about, that while Ando is running over to get the coffee and newspaper to Kaito, he bumps right into Sad Beard Nathan.
1: Oh my god, I bet I was, like, writing notes and didn't even freaking make a note of it. Okay, yeah. Yep. Nope.
0: And he doesn't recognize him because, A, obviously Nathan looks different, but B, I don't think Ando's ever
1: met Ando him. Ando wasn't at Kirby so. Plaza. Oh, well, he has met him, though. Yeah, he wasn't at Cur- Has Because he? when Hiro went over, like, Nathan Petrelli, like, in that one, uh, this- before when the voting was happening villain, oh yeah villain, I guess he might have villain. like glanced
0: but but they've never no. like had a conversation or anything no. so yeah so he bumps right into sad beard Nathan so the first time you actually see that Nathan is alive is you see him shuffling on the street looking a wreck
1: mm-hmm.
0: bumping into Ando and moving on like that's yep. the best and then my second favorite thing is when Nathan says you know you're evil ma get out and he's pointing with, like, a book in his hand. And she just smacks it away with her hand and leaves, like, <laughs> in such a flourish. God damn it, I love it uh, She's Angela very slappy this episode. <laughs> she sure is. She sure is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Some fun stuff there. Like, oh, just the idea of Nathan just living in Peter's apartment waiting for
1: him to come home. Oh, my mm-hmm. heart.
0: My heart.
1: So we know something's happened there, as she said.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just so much mystery inherent in that. You're just like, well, where is Peter? How the hell is Nathan alive? Like, yeah, there's all these little things that immediately get, like, brought to mind just from seeing this scene play out. Mm -hmm. So that's what's happening in New York. Uh, Over in Cairo, uh, Bob and Mohinder are sitting down for that drink. And he tells Mohinder the company was formed 30 years ago. It was formed by ordinary men and women who were gifted with powers who just wanted to help their own to find and protect them. We find them and we make sure they don't become dangerous. He does the whole spiel that we've heard before about how they help them learn about themselves, help them, you know, with their abilities to, you know, learn how to use them or control them or, you know, eliminate them if they get too dangerous, which... (laughs) Okay, yeah, you can sell this to just about anybody else. You can't sell it to Mohinder. (laughs) Because he knows about how y'all have been super shifty about how you handled Mm -hmm. Tyler. So you need to adjust your approach because he gets immediately all in Bob's face. Like, who gave you the say in who lives and who dies? Like, who, who, you know, who says you get to decide? And (laughs) I love how Bob immediately is just, like, totally, you know, completely not bothered by this. He's just like, all right. Well, you lost any and all rights to the moral imperative here to protect your species because, like, you know, yeah, you tried to kill Siler, mm-hmm. You know, you made that decision too, guy. You're on the same level as us. And and my nose I was like, bitch, you wish Siler were dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you you wish that was the world you're living in. So it's apparently we find out here not just Matt is molly it's mohinder too it's matt mohinder and molly they are all living together we will never be uh told why or how <laughs> it's just the thing that we accept that molly has two dads now and it's kind of great yeah so get into that bob's like i'm not gonna interfere with your weird like my two dads thing like it's totally cool um we just We want you to come in. Uh, We have the funds that you need for your research. You're going to need a lot of money to, you know, do what you want to do because, you know, they're very concerned about the virus still. And Bob's like, what if the virus mutated and crossed over into the general population? Like, that would be cataclysmic. And so Mohinder's like, yeah, it would take a lot of money. I don't think, you know, you guys even have that much. And Bob's like, no, nah, no, nah, nah, don't worry about it. We we pretty much have our own private Fort Knox because Bob can do what do you, what is it? it's like it's what's alchemy, but it's like transmutation. I, I
1: would just call it like the Midas touch, honestly.
0: Sure. So he can turn stuff into gold. Um, and so that's I guess a big part of how. The company gets its money, which I went on this whole rambling bit in my notes about the um, value of gold in mm-hmm. the market, but um, I'm not going to get into it. Um, so, like, yeah, they can turn stuff into gold. He can turn stuff into gold. They have no money issues whatsoever at the company. And thus, they can give Mohinder a blank check, basically, for whatever he needs to work on his research regarding the virus. Do you have anything to comment about? Little well, I would dates. almost
1: say, like, I interpreted when uh, Bob was all, like, you know, trying to defend mm-hmm. himself, like, when Mohinder's like, who do you have, like, what right do you have? To so say he lives and dies. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, you yourself are willing to kill Siler for the greater good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? So it's like, you have what it takes, Mohinder
0: Come on. Yeah. Come on, guy. It's totally easy. <laughs> like,
1: look, from what we've seen, how many people have we killed? Just are like you know, and like you said, they really weren't going to kill Siler either. Nope. So how many people has the company killed? Probably a lot less than we know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I dare say maybe they just lock a lot of them up for a I long mean, gosh, time. Gosh,
1: golly, you know.
0: Gosh, golly. Ooh.
1: There's some collateral damage to be sure, yeah. but yes. Man, I have not seen huge body count for the company as of yet.
0: No, no. And it's almost like they would be better off if they did just get rid
1: of them. You would you would think.
0: Mhm. Mhm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Certainly wouldn't be able to bite them all in the ass later on. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess, you know.
0: Anyway. <laughs> it's like anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so going back over to Molly, she's having a really bad dream. And it wakes her up. And they are, yeah, they are straight up living in Mohinder's place. That's the Mm -hmm. apartment. You know, that very distinct look anywhere. And she's, you know, freaking out while she's asleep. And so Molly hears a scary voice (laughs) while she's having her dream. And it says, I can see you. Like, it's real, like, Mm -hmm. over the top. And uh, she freaks out and wakes up and she clings right onto Matt. And Matt's just like, hey, you tell me where he is. I will take care of him, you know just being, like, a full-on, like, protective father figure, which I love Matt as, like, Molly's, like, I don't know, mm-hmm. father figure. Like, I, I, I really do love the, like, Matt-Molly Mohinder idea. Um, as weird which, as it is. Ooh. As random. Remember
1: this whole hmm. dynamic now, and then when we watch Reborn. Because,
0: <laughs> like, odd.
1: yeah, oh, man, I could go into it right now about Matt, <sighs> Mr. Parkman.
0: Well, you know, Matt, yeah, he Matt is a
1: apparently the bio kid's more I don't know, important.
0: like, oh, well, I was going to say he's a, a I can't a, like class trader or race trader, like which is it? <laughs> like, he has his own concerns. Anyways, um he's like, "Yeah, you just you tell me where he is and I'll take care of him because obviously she can find people." And she's like, "No, she doesn't want to tell him because I mean, okay, Both of her parents were killed by Siler, and he also tried to kill both of her new parents, so (laughs) her concerns are valid (laughs) about not getting them into danger. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so this is yet another tease of some sort of villainy afoot. It's just a quick scene, so (laughs) there's not a lot to talk
1: about. I know, I (laughs) know. Yeah,
0: because that's kind of how the episode cuts. Yeah,
1: you get little scenes and you get longer scenes. And you get little ones, Mm -hmm. you get longer ones.
0: So, we go back to California, and we go to Claire, and she's just staring off into space during gym class, which, ugh, relatable. And, uh, she's playing, like, what are they playing? Badminton, Badminton? They're playing badminton in gym class, and she helps up a classmate of hers, Martha, who, uh, just totally eats shit. She just totally hits the floor, uh, as they're playing. And mean cheerleader, played by Diana Agron, comes over. She doesn't have a name yet. And... West, it's it's so funny because it's like he he sees her too because she's like I'll go get the birdie, and she goes over to get it because you know it gets like out of bounds or whatever, and she runs right into boop. She runs into West again, and uh, it's funny. It's like how big is, how big is the school exactly? <laughs> um, like, he's just like always there. It's really creepy, actually. Um, and he calls her a robot because you know there she is just falling in line because he calls her out on having had the answer written down in class, but she didn't say anything because she doesn't want people to know that she's smart. And I'm just like, who the fuck are you? (laughs) To start, like, telling Claire who she is. And, like, the thing with Wes is I think they were trying to make him, like, a quirky, um, kind of weird kid who would, you know claire would be intrigued by like he he seems like he kind of has that like uh, wh- what kind of archetype would you say what i think that he's he, like, he's
1: meant to be the zach replacement because zach was like not he is a
0: thousand percent meant to be zach
1: that, is yes. that kind of outsider it's that outsider story they were going with yeah. at the beginning of season one where claire became queen yeah. of the freaks and who do we have but like seemingly the king of the freaks at the school west
0: Right, even though nothing about him seems freaky even at all. Um, no. <laughs> uh, but, but that's how they try to write him. They try to write him like he's this, like, quirky, kind of, like, geeky guy, mm. I guess. Even though, okay, sure, um, I don't see it. But uh, he he's trying to, like, do all these things that are supposed to seem, like, charming and stuff. Like his little, you know, alien and robot speech and everything. And it's just, like, it's just it, it's, it seems a little try-hard. It's just, like, okay, like, you can calm down, like... No one will ever replace Zach, is, mm-hmm. is my point. <laughs> RIP Zach's potential. Um, yeah, so she just walks right away from him, and she goes back over. And the cheerleaders have surrounded Martha, and they're trying to bully her into doing a very dangerous stunt. You know, as a prank. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> high school's great. <laughs> and she Claire gets immediately in uh, the lead te- uh, cheerleader's face, and it's just like, oh you know like a back talk off the tower big deal and so mean girl's like okay if it's so easy you do it and it's kind of funny you could be like where's the teacher right now but no Mm -hmm. one cares because um claire climbs the tower in the middle of gym class and um like she's gonna do it and then she at the last minute decides okay no that's gonna bring too much attention i should be good and she lies and says she can't. And, you know, the mean girl t- cheerleaders like, ha I thought so. And it, it's just kind of like, okay. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like mean girl is supposed to be like a new mm-hmm. Jackie, but she doesn't have that same like panache that Jackie mm-hmm. had at the end. So it's just kind of flat. She's like, okay, you know, well, she's kind of mean, I guess. And, uh, yeah. So Claire is just really struggling with trying to fit in when obviously she's meant to stand yeah. out, Rachel.
1: So... It's funny how you're like, where's the teacher? And where I'm like, what kind of gym class is this where you've got people doing cheerleading? <laughs> There's that too. And, you know, why Why isn't everyone in their gym clothes playing badminton?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of concerns about this school.
1: Your comment, though, about how big the school oh. is, it was like, you're like, oh, that's creepy mm. running into him again and again. I'm just like, what at my school? That would have been like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> High school. oh
0: me too but like oh me too for fucking sure but um i don't know how big is costa verde meant to be like can't
1: be too big of a town if they're trying to you know stay yeah. on the low can't be much bigger than odessa yeah. was
0: true but yeah i don't know i'm just like god this guy is just like all of in Claire's shit it's her first day
1: lay off <laughs> maybe they were trying to also make you think like oh could this be an eden thing
0: yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's a so maybe that's boy. also why you're
1: like, why is he being so aggressive? But then again, it's like, oh, this is the new love interest. Mm. You
0: know. Mm-hmm. Very apparent as it goes on later. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Just... Yeah, I don't know. I just... It, it, it's, it's funny, because it feels like it's another thing that would have been written differently mm-hmm. today. Because, you know, thankfully, in a lot of ways, um, that sort of, like, teenage storytelling has gotten a little better. Like... There's nothing charming about no. what he's doing, is no. what I'm saying. He's just fucking following her around, and getting all, like, in her business, and making her feel bad about herself.
1: <laughs> like, and later, which I wrote very loudly in my notes about.
0: <laughs> well, later on is definitely the, you know, the finale of all that behavior, but, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> would you like to tell us about what's happening <laughs> surely, in Japan? Surely,
1: <laughs> surely I would. Um, so, Hiro's walking with Kensei, and Hiro's kind of muttering to himself, like, damn, my hero's a gaijin? <laughs> and Kensei's talking about why he picked the name. He's like, cool, huh? that means sword saint. So I picked it because people would think twice about messing with someone who's named sword saint. And he gives him a little backstory, like, yeah, I came here from England, and Hiro immediately says in English, you're English? And, oh my (laughs) god, Kensei is delighted. He's like, you-
0: As are we. He's like, you can
1: speak English. (laughs) I don't get to to practice the mother tongue, like, anymore, because everyone, you know, is Japanese here. And he's like, I came over with the tea, and I stayed to find my fortune here. (laughs) He explains that, well, his whole his whole shtick is he finds a guy, slaps some armor on him, and pays him to go right out saying he's Kensei, <laughs> while he hangs out in a tree nearby and picks off the bandits one by one with that crossbow we saw. He's mm-hmm. a sniper. And Hero's all like, oh, that's dirty. What, that's not like what a hero should do. And he's like, what do you mean it's dirty? It's how I make my money. It's fine. And then Hiro goes in like, alright, listen, no, no, no. You're a hero. I'm from the future. You are like a big legend. You saved the village of Otsu from the white beard. Who, if you remember back to the bandits, one of the uh, masks had like a white beard on it. Mm -hmm. And as he's Mm -hmm. saying this, it's like, do you smell smoke? And we're (laughs) seeing a lot of people walking behind him. (laughs) And Hiro kind of turns and sees a village on fire that these people are all leaving. And it's like, oop, uh, that's Atsu. <laughs> so, what'd you do, hero? What'd you do?
0: <laughs> oh, you love fucking mm-hmm. with time.
1: Stepped on a butterfly there, hon. Because <laughs> Atsu's burning.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, not only do we get David Anders on this show, but we get English accent David Anders? Oh! <laughs> Because he had an English accent on Alias and, uh, you know, flashback to little me watching him on there and thinking, oh, this guy's so cool. And then hearing him talk in an interview or whatever and be like, wait, he's not English? Like, my mind was blown. Mm. And because uh, he does a good one. He does a pretty good one. He does. So, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it happened to me twice as a kid, him and James Marsters. I was like, say what? <laughs> Um... So, not only yeah, do we get that, which is charming as hell, but um, I, <laughs> I love the whole scene where he's all like, oh, yeah, there's very few locals around here I can speak plainly with. And he clasps his arms onto uh, Hero's shoulders after yes, he took a piss. Yeah. <laughs> and Hero's just like so bummed out about this and everything. Like, single ah, way. no, no, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, ah, oh, like, you," And also, I hate this. <laughs> and, like, this is all wrong. <laughs> Oh, it's so good!
1: Uh, don't meet your idols, kid. Oh
0: man, yeah. Seriously.
1: Anything else about Ken say before I talk about Claire for like three seconds?
0: <laughs> Not in this moment. I just, I'm just, you know, I'm cheering on English accent David Anders more than just about anything. And it's so funny because he's always like, you know, people think I am English. Like they, they that's what they ask for when they like I audition for stuff. Like I think it's so funny. He gets
1: to do American and I Zombie.
0: That's gonna blow my mind when I eventually do watch that. Mm -hmm,
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I haven't seen him on The Magicians yet, because he shows up in the final season, but I will let you know which accent he uses.
1: So we check back in on uh, Claire for, like, three seconds, (laughs) where she does indeed do a back tuck off the tower, except for uh, when gym class ended, they kind of packed up the big pad that was at the bottom, so she snaps her leg and quickly cracks it back into place, and West... Cause he's everywhere. <laughs> he peeks in and sees her there on the floor. And he looks at the tower and he looks at her like, huh? Like, what just happened here? Mm-hmm. Why
0: is she on the floor if, yeah, uh-huh.
1: Yeah, like, huh? 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 <laughs> and that's pretty much all we get from Claire right there. It was just her being like, yeah, I could do a back tuck, bleh, a back tuck <laughs> off the tower.
0: It's hard mm-hmm. to say, right? Back tuck off the tower. Even Diana Agron sounds uh, awkward when she says it. Like, mm-hmm. you know. just do a back tuck off the tower. Uh, <laughs> oh goodness! Yeah, like the mm-hmm. editing in this episode is so schizophrenic. It's just like, here's this person for a second, and then here's this person because they have such a huge fucking cast.
1: Like, I don't think it's as bad watching it with us talking about it though. It takes like you know, um, like I'm like nothing to answer like one of those little snippets in between.
0: True. So. We go back to the, we go over, rather, to the Devo rooftop, and Kaito and Ando were on the Devo rooftop. You see how we're reusing a lot of sets? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of great. They're like, how, what, in what way can we just, like, reuse a lot of this stuff? Since they had to make, you know, like, a new, you know, Ben at Home and all that other stuff, and...
1: Which, honestly, though, looking at it, it doesn't look too different from their old house.
0: I would be absolutely stunned if it wasn't just a, re- a redress set. Because
1: mm-hmm, that kitchen, I'm... especially, looked very familiar to me.
0: Right? So, mm-hmm. Which, oh man, that's worth looking at because you get a really good shot of the kitchen uh, later on for reasons. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> for reasons that don't have to do with that family. Anyways, um, so yeah, they're on the DeVoe rooftop and they're talking about the death threat. And Kaito says it could be any of them, and it's just like, huh? Okay. So he and Angela both getting one of these messages means they're connected, obviously. Mm-hmm. So he's sitting there, and Ando's like, "We we don't gotta take this. Just being very Ando about it, you know. Like we we can we can do something about this, and you know we're gonna we're gonna need to fight this and." So Kaito very smartly sends him away on an errand to go get a sword. And Ando's like, cool. So he goes off and he runs into his second Petrelli of the day, just runs right into her, just like he did with (laughs) Sadbeard Nathan. And he kind of, you know, hesitates for a moment. Then he leaves, we think. And Angela meets with Kaito on the rooftop and she, you know, it's like, uh, let me see it. And they're, you know, comparing their little death notes, basically. And it's like, someone's playing a trick. That's all there is to it. And Kaito's like, no, no, no. Devoe, Linderman, Arthur, all dead. This is not a coincidence. Something's happening. Now there are nine, he says. And he's like, I sought redemption by helping Hiro fulfill his destiny to save the world. But how did you help your son? This whole, like, episode is just like, you should feel bad about yourself, Angela. (laughs) Like, (laughs) look what happened, probably. And she slaps the heck out of him. And Kaido's like, I'm going to be on a flight to Japan. I'm getting out of here. And if you were smart, you'd leave too. Because they know that something's coming for them. Mm-hmm. A chicken coming home to roost, dare I say. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Very that. Uh, going back over the, uh, you know, down below the border, uh, we see Maya and Alejandro, and they're in the back of the truck. And they have a copy in Spanish of Activating Evolution. And so, okay, so someone has abilities. All right. So that's, that's why we're, we're following them. And the truck stops suddenly and the coyote gets them out and he's like, Oh yeah, remember how I said it was only like ten thousand, you know, for both of you? Well, no, that wasn't true. Uh that would be ten thousand for each of you unless she rides up front with me. So he's just being all super gross again. And uh they get into a scuffle about it, and Alejandro gets beat up and left. And they drive away with just Maya and he is like, oh shit, because the whole thing that we've seen and that they've repeated several times is they need to stay together. And it's not just them being like a cute little sibling duo. It's a real need. hmm. Any comments on either of those things?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we get our little our snippet of like, okay, someone has a power here.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. especially they specifically think that getting to America, they're going to find a cure.
0: Yeah, they have no concept of what's happened to Chandra at all.
1: No. Mm -mm.
0: So they think this is the answer.
1: And we know that Maya in particular has done something bad. Yes. What yet, we do not know. But we will find out. Just not yet. We'll mention this again later. Overall, I didn't think that Maya and Alejandro were terrible in this episode.
0: They're not terrible. It's just you already start to see the seeds of the problem that we know is going to happen later. And that's just Mm because we know it's going to happen later.
1: We like, know the future, so that's why we're wary about certain things, but...
0: Well, yeah, exactly. And it's just like, uh it, it's very much like, didn't we already learn about doing this kind of thing with the drawn-out stories and the separate story from, like, the Nikki and DL of it all? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh boy, okay, you know. Because I think that the new characters work best when they are introduced directly with one we know. Yes. And yes, they do cross paths with someone we know very well, but it doesn't happen until like episode four.
1: So. Isn't it like the end of three? Or is it is it the beginning mm, Um of
0: four? it's 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 uh fuck. Um I think it's the beginning of four. Because that person leaves their predicament at the end of three.
1: Mm. True, 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 true. Yeah, yeah. I think it is yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. like I think that's the note like right before voom heroes at the Yeah yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Yep.
1: I got you, fam. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, like, you know, this West guy, it's like, okay, cool. So he's, like, a new Zach or whatever. That's fine. And, you know, any of the other characters is just like, oh, okay. That's, you know, there's a new person here. And I think that works so much better when you just bring them in as part of a known character's world. Not when you wait forever. And then, like, jam characters together. That doesn't work.
1: Mm-hmm. I would argue. So yeah. Which, speaking of the Sanders, if you haven't figured that already, they're not in this first episode. <laughs>
0: they sure are not.
1: But don't worry. They do return.
0: <laughs> Even though it's, like... Didn't one of them almost die
1: too? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Not not the place for them yet. Mm-mm. Not place for them yet. Instead, let's go back to Hero again, who now is fully paying attention to all the villagers leaving up the road. Hmm. And he stops when she's like, "Oh, bandits! Bandits! They took everything!" And he immediately is in crisis. He's like, "Oh no! I broke history." And Kensei sidles up to him, like, villages burn. These things happen. <laughs> he's just like, oop. <laughs> well, they burn. Oh, well, you know, it's, this happens it's all the time. Have some sake. It'll brighten your day. <laughs> because not only is he money hungry, he's also a drunk. So, again, he's don't your a heroes.
0: drunk, money hungry con artist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Delightful in all ways.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, to Kesa Kensei.
0: Hey!
1: <laughs> and hero's like, no, you're a hero. This is not how this is supposed to be. And, you know, being a hero doesn't fill your sack with salt and saffron. Come on. And he's like, no, 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 no. You take the swordsmith's daughter for your princess. This is not how it's supposed to be. And as soon as he says that, this woman just walks up and slaps the shit out of Kensei. <laughs> and... uh She's like, we paid you to defend them, and you failed, and she takes the sword back, and they both are like, my sword, when she takes it.
0: <laughs> so good, and they both look at each other, huh?
1: <laughs> like, uh, well, yeah, like, whatever. So she takes the sword back, and huffs off, and uh, Hiro goes after her for a second, he's like, where are you going? She's like, well, someone has to rescue my father, and if he can't do it, I will. And we find out that that is Yeko, and that is the swordsman's daughter. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't look like she wants to be his princess right now, does it?
0: It's such a Captain Jack Sparrow thing for her to come in and slap him.
1: Yep. It is. like, her intro. It
0: is. He's basically Captain Jack Sparrow.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like they were going for that vibe Mm -hmm. with Kensei, especially in this first episode. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Totally that.
1: Yeah. I still I love that though the whole like oh Phil will just burn, these things happen. <laughs> it shrug. <laughs> yeah. Which it honestly probably happened quite a lot. Villa <laughs> just burn.
0: <laughs> yeah, like this isn't your world, hero. He's used to how things are here. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Does it suck? Sure, but it happens.
0: Bad things happen. Oh well.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Not his problem.
0: Nope. Not gonna get mixed up in complicated matters.
1: Speaking of that Bennett kitchen that I was talking <laughs> about.
0: Uh huh.
1: It's Bennett family dinner, and we get Sandra giving a lovely speech to the rest of her family, like, look at us. Who'd have thought? Not me. <laughs> <And> <laughs> she's like, yay for our new life. We were given lemons, and we made lemonade out of it. And who should get a call right when she's reveling about, look at this, it's a new start, but uh, good old HRG. And he's like, oh, it's work. And everyone, <laughs> everyone at the table, minus Lyle. So pretty much Sandra and Claire give each other a look about, like, oh, it's work calling him? And so he leaves the room, and who should be on the other end of the phone but Mohinder Suresh? Hey! And he's like, they finally took the bait, I'm in. So this whole time, even though he was giving uh, Bob this shit, (laughs) he was trying to get them to ask them to come into the company.
0: Aw, cahoots!
1: Mhm mhm. And so HRG's like, "All right, well, stay careful. Watch your back. And you and I will bring this whole company down." So, he's not done with the company. He wants to take it down. He's got to keep his family safe. Yay for Mohinder and HRG teaming up.
0: I love Noah and Mohinder together so much. It's such mm-hmm. a Oh, it's one of the best dynamics. And it's one of the like great callbacks to the first episode. How far we've come.
1: Mohinder was running from him in the first (laughs) episode of season one, and now they are working together. Mm Mm-hmm. What a delight.
0: Love it. So Alejandro catches up to the truck because it's stopped in the jungle. It didn't get too far. And he looks around in the back and in the front and everywhere else. Everybody's dead. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's black stuff on their faces that looks like it leaked out of their eyes. And he finds Maya, and she's on the ground, and she's just, like, sobbing on the side of the truck. And she's very upset. And she's like, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. And so we learn that something to do with her power is very dangerous, and she can't control it. And that is why they need to find, in their minds, Dr. Suresh. Because hopefully he can do something to help her. Because this is, um, like, a thing we talked about in season one. Kind of with, like, a Ted type of thing where some of these powers are not safe in anyone's hands. And so they need to be dealt with. And yeah, that's the last we see of them in the storyline for, uh, for this episode. So we go back over to Claire and she's got a new phone because we get to literally watch the technology of phones advance as the show goes. Like that's how, that's how quickly it goes. Because she had like her <laughs> little sidekick, like her little BlackBerry. And now she's got, like, a little, you know, a little pink phone. Uh, it's like a little flip phone, isn't it?
1: I think so. I don't know. I think know. it's like
0: a little flip phone, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so she's calling someone. I was like, ooh, who she's, who's she calling? And holy shit, she's calling her bio dad. She's calling Nathan, of all people. And she's like, I need someone to talk to. I don't know if I can do this anymore. I can't be who I am, and I'm not who they want me to be either. And I'm so confused. And he's drinking in a bar and he's just a mess. He's just like, I'm okay. Like, I I don't know. I'm not the person you should be asking or talking to about this. And he glances in the mirror that's behind the bar. And what he sees is himself horribly burned up. Like scarred to shit and back. And then he glances again and he looks like how we've seen with the beard and everything. And it's like, ooh, what's, what's this little crumb? What's happening here? Is that how it <laughs> used to look? What's going on? A lot happened in four months, I guess. And so Claire gets off the phone with him, and we pull back away from her house and her window. And who is just gently floating outside of her, of her window, <laughs> but West. Because he can fly. Ooh. Oh my god! Get out of here, um,
1: creepazoid! My lord,
0: God, right? <laughs> and then, like, it's so great because, like, he can fly, and her dad can fly. It's the whole thing about girls being attracted to guys that are like their dads. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's being a total fucking creep from beginning to end. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's nothing cute about what he does in this episode.
1: I think West is one of the first times in the show we get to see a power repeated.
0: um I think you're right.
1: Other than, like, someone like Peter or Siler taking it.
0: Yeah, that's not the same thing,
1: yeah. hmm yeah.
0: That's, you know, our big reveal. See, that's what I was saying. Is like, something like West works because he's immediately part of Claire's story and, like, the reveal of his power just comes. you know, as, it comes as part of that. Anyone who's separate at this point, it's a harder sell. It's a harder sell. mm
1: hmm mm-hmm.
0: Unless they happen to be, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think. Do they ever successfully debut a new character without it being part of someone else's story from the go? I don't think so. I can't think well, of a single person. the
1: carnival people don't immediately get attached to someone, do they?
0: That's what I'm trying to think.
1: And if so, who?
0: Uh-huh.
1: I don't think I... they're immediately attached to someone. I think that they are just, like, on their own for, like, the first couple episodes, and then...
0: Yeah, I think... I don't know. I'd have to... I mean, we'll get there when we get there, but other than them... Everyone else who gets brought in is because of something else. Like, Monica, and, like, Elle, and, like, Danko.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, I think Maya and Alejandro were the final time that they tried to do it completely on their own.
1: Well, they they were going to have more in the origin series. Yeah. But that but... ship never sailed.
0: Yeah. A big part of it being, not just because of the writer strike, but people really fucking hated, <laughs> like... Mm-hmm. they really hated the and Alejandro story they are the Nikki and Paolo of heroes like
1: we'll, we'll get into that when we get to the end of season two before we get into season three where we talk about oh for sure about them for a lot because i I have thoughts I'm <laughs> but sure they're you not do. appropriate for now I'm sure you do no so yeah let's let's go away from one flying creep <laughs> to a, a rooftop um <laughs> So, Kaito's on the Devo roof still, waiting for Ando to come back with the sword. And someone comes out in a hoodie, stares Kaito down, and he looks at him, and he's like, huh, of all of them, I never expected it would be you. And at that cue, the man, full speed, runs at Kaito, grabs him, and they both dive off the roof. And Ando's like, Kaito! And he runs over. (laughs) And when he looks over, only Kaito is on the ground. So, Kaito is dead. Rip. Kaito just got got. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. the hooded figure was a big mystery for the beginning yes. of season two. Like, huge mystery. Mm-hmm. Lots of theories. Like, is this someone we haven't met yet? Is this someone we do know? I think... A lot of people thought it was Peter for a long time. So many people thought it was Peter, because where's Peter? I think there were some thinking it was Siler, too, but people were like, why would Siler yep. want to get Kaido? Yeah, there yeah, there was a, a lot of theories going around at the time.
0: I remember people thinking it was Siler, but then people being like, no, the body language doesn't match.
1: He's yeah, they were enough. like, hmm
0: Whereas, like, the Peter thing really fit. Yes. Like, I really believed that myself, actually, for quite some time.
1: Yes. I, I think I was in the Peter camp, too. It Regardless of Siler. what is
0: just about to happen. Yeah, no, it's not Siler. Yeah. Yeah. No, that never made sense. So. Like it,
1: sure, something's about to happen that puts that whole theory into, like, kind of a art place, but...
0: <laughs> but does it? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I think even Nathan was a candidate as well. Nathan
0: was a big candidate. Yeah. Especially because there too. was
1: only one body. Yep. So is it someone who could fly?
0: That's what I say in my notes. I was like, guy's gone, so we got a healer, a teleporter, or someone who can fly.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of theories around who that is.
0: And at the time, Peter could do all three. Yeah. He was definitely my vote. It was Peter or Nathan in my mind. Mm -hmm. I was like, this has to be a Petrelli thing.
1: Because we didn't know where Peter was, at least for this moment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we didn't know where Nathan was, but... But he clearly has a giant
0: ship on his shoulder, He's a drunk mess and uh, pretty unstable at the moment. And
1: he ran into, as you said, he ran into Ando right mm-hmm. before he gave him the newspaper. And he walked into the apartment right before Angela found the clipping.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah. No, he was like suspect number one for a lot of people because yep. of those things you just said.
1: So. Mm-hmm. But is it, Nathan? We'll find out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll find
1: out. Takes a few episodes, but we'll find out. It
0: takes a lot of episodes, doesn't it?
1: I, th- I think it's, uh, we have to wait until four months ago.
0: God damn, that was a bit of a wait. All right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. I, I know, four months later, and then we have a four months ago, guys. Get ready, Stroop oh, in. Oh, boy. Yep. <laughs> so, we're in Cork, Ireland now. And we're somewhere with a bunch of shipping containers. And we, we see a thug knock a security guard out. And this other guy is like, are you trying to kill him, you morons? what the hell like drag him somewhere get him out of the rain make sure he's not dead so they're looking for a container Uh, 9109 is the container they're looking for and they think it is going to be chock full of iPods just chock full of iPods so they find the crate they crack it open and it's empty except there's a man in the back of the container who's chained up shirtless and who should that man be but Peter Petrelli And he looks at him all confused, and the same guy that knocked out the guard's like, well, there's one way to solve this, I'm going to hit him with this pipe. (laughs) And and for his trouble, Peter uses lightning on him, which, whoa, that's a new trick.
0: Lightning, yeah.
1: And we get a better look, and we see that Peter's wearing the Haitian necklace, and Peter doesn't know who he is. To be continued.
0: (laughs) That's right, kids. We get an amnesia (laughs) storyline. Love it!
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> the soap opera fan of me was like, "Yes!"
1: <laughs> oh, the Haitian guy. I'm clearly.
0: Oh, and my nose, I was phone? like, "No air, uh, no iPods. Just an amnesiac with superpowers, chained up and shirtless. More value, I would argue." <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, because
0: you know iPods have you know built-in obsolescence, and, and well, Peter, he just has to remember who he is <laughs> well
1: if it's those nice ipod classics from the time people still want it was
0: <laughs> yeah well people... they do now because you can't get them but
1: yeah they yeah. want that big like ooh, i can put like you know a whole bunch of gigs on here so oh
0: i miss my yeah i i miss mine i wish it wouldn't have broken mm-hmm, mm-hmm yeah anyway there's peter there's the you know everyone's like where's peter there's peter he's in fucking ireland
1: How we got there, we'll find out.
0: (laughs) We will directly find out how that happened. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like you were saying, we don't get a lot of super clear answers for everyone in uh, four months ago. Mm -hmm. But some people, we straight up see the narrative thread. It's like, this
1: happened. I believe Peter for sure. Nathan, we see a lot of. Yep. Um, Nikki. Mm Mm-hmm. No Mohinder, no uh, Matt. No Siler. No Siler.
0: And I, I'm forever salty about that fact.
1: Was Claire and HRG in that one or no? I don't think they uh, were. I think it was those three. F- plus, plus Hero. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Because
1: it's all through- Because, you know, it's a flashback episode. Heroes trying to dig up the information, so.
0: Uh, I'm looking.
1: That's my, my non-spoilery was in it.
0: <laughs> uh, Yeah, and Maya and Alejandro. Yes, 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 yes. So you only get uh, Nathan, Peter, um, DL, and Nikki, mm-hmm. Alejandro, Maya. That's it. So yeah, there's no hero. Um, there isn't
1: hero. I swear there. Is. I thought that's where we got the. Okay, maybe the reveal was the episode before that. So
0: yeah, the reveal is the episode before because I know that I've gifted a lot. True, um, true, true,
1: true, true, true. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: And then it's like four months. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm looking at the uh, episode summary. Yeah. We don't get hero. We don't get Matt. We don't get Mohinder.
1: Which goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the okay, episode. Claire. Like, how much do we need to see about Matt and Mohinder and the the Bennetts trying to like go into hiding? There isn't a whole lot that you need to to see that yeah. wouldn't be repetitive, honestly. While well, you have big shit happening with like Peter and such, to have yeah. to watch very repetitive stuff happening with uh, Mohinder and Matt and etc.
0: Though I would have loved just, like, one scene. Like, they don't need to have a whole, like, equal pie split. Just show me one scene of, like, Mohinder, like, helping Matt in the hospital or something. Like, I would have loved to have seen how the fuck this came to be. mm mm-hmm. Because we don't get an answer about it. It's just accepted.
1: So it, it, It's a great hole for uh, fanfic writers.
0: See, I think that's why I care so much is because I'm obsessed with those moments, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, hey, like you said, fanfic writer. I, I love those details. I live in that shit.
1: Because so. I don't think it's ever touched on in the comic either at all.
0: No, I don't believe it is.
1: So it's, it's just a great hole for people to fill in on their own.
0: And they did. They were pretty popular. So mm-hmm. The House of M.
1: Yes, very popular.
0: Mm-hmm. Another, another uh, X-Men reference. <laughs> I don't know if it's, uh, accidental or on, uh, on purpose because I don't know the person who coined it, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's the episode. Yay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I kind of gave my overall thoughts earlier on just with, uh, I, I don't know if it was the right thing to shove some of these people ahead and to lay as many mysteries and stuff as they do. And, uh, yeah, but I don't think that, I mean, like, this This episode's fine. I like a lot other, I like a lot more from season one more, so.
1: It's I, fine. I fight you on this. I think it was a, a good opening episode. You have to put that mystery in the... No,
0: in you your, do, your and mirror. you do. I'm saying, like, I like the mysteries. Mm-hmm. You like the mysteries. I'm gonna keep saying I need to look at the grander context of doing that and and if that was a good thing for the show or not in terms of the audience that they had like i I don't know if it was but i liked it i loved the mystery of it i loved the who's gonna kill the company people and i loved the guy in the hood and, and i thought that was cool
1: that that being said how many people got in on the pilot of heroes And there were so many mysteries in the pilot heroes. Who's this man in the glasses? Oh my God, Nathan flew all this kind of, Mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. so many mysteries in the pilot. If you come into season two and say, I don't like mysteries and you lasted all of season one, get the hell out.
0: (laughs) See, and then, yeah, that's, I agree. I agree with that. First of all, Mm -hmm. but that was the problem is there were lots of people who stuck with it. And then were like, ugh. Well, now we're going to do this shit again? Like, no. And they're not going to be together and fight crimes? No. Like, people expected a different thing of this show than what it was ever going to be.
1: I think that there was a lot of people with a lot of different problems.
0: That, too. It's a multi-pronged thing.
1: Strap in, everyone. (laughs) Strap in for season two.
0: Where we're just going to bicker the whole time. (laughs) No,
1: no, 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 no. Goodness. We weren't bickering. Were we bickering?
0: No, I don't think so. I just, I can tell that it's going to be a different energy than season one, that's for sure,
1: but, the show's different. Yeah. It's going to be different every season.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying.
1: It's going to be a different vibe when we hit part one of season three. It's going to be a different Mm -hmm. vibe when we hit part four of season three. Oh, boy. It is going to be different kinds of, you know.
0: Yeah, because that's the show. It changes. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a freaking comic book <laughs> i think we're, we're we're pretty much uh done talking about this episode
1: though <laughs> yeah let's get to our socials all right
0: uh so yeah if you want to follow us on social media uh you can do so we are on twitter we are at eclipse podcast uh, if you want to follow our individual personal accounts um rachel is at that burb there that's Burb with a B, like Bob Bishop. And I am at lady underscore snark. Uh, what, are you, what are you tweeting about these days? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the fuck was the last thing I tweeted about?
1: Last thing was Animal Crossing, but that was like weeks ago.
0: Oh, um, yeah. I was tweeting about us watching the originals mm-hmm. and finishing it. And then also I've been uh, sharing the trailer for the American remake of Utopia. Cause if y'all don't watch it, then I'm going to be sad because I need a million seasons
1: of it. I will um, be watching that. I'm just waiting for it to come on.
0: Fuck. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I'm so excited.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Oh
0: my God. You don't know how annoying I'm going to be. Cause mm-hmm. I need to rewatch the English one, but it's kind of hard to find. Uh, like no one has that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so yeah, you can follow us on there. And if you want to, you can also email us. Um, we have a little Gmail. We are eclipsedpod at gmail.com. You can come hang out with us in our discord server. We'll leave a link to that in the show notes. Um, we do have an Instagram, but you know, it's, it's whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bad at posting on it. That's, that's what's up there. Um, I've been trying to think about more ways to post on it, but anyways, um, yeah, so thanks for listening. Uh, it's going to be an interesting ride, season two, because, like, yeah, there's there's interesting choices story-wise and character-wise to talk about. And it's... I, I feel like with season one, like, so much of it, like, the story beats people know so damn well but season two has so much in it that even we are remembering exists. Uh, so it's going to be fun to rediscover that. Uh, But thank you for listening. Uh, If you would like to, uh, please, you know, feel free to rate, review us, etc. on on your podcast listening app of choice. We would really appreciate it. But uh, yeah, we will see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Next time on Eclipsed, Claire gives herself a home pedicure. Noah Bennett rejoins the workforce. Matt Parkman is on the case. Peter doesn't know where the iPods are or who he is, and Hiro continues to learn the perils of meeting your idols. Tune in.